Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that there is more to confidence in the bedroom or the kitchen or the sex club or a stairwell or the woods or wherever you are. There's so much more to sex wherever you do it than just jackhammering away. But if all you're missing in your relationship is some mutually beneficial stiffness, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office with the doctors that never got trained in sex ed and how to talk to people about it, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They say that there is nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Of course, I know you sweet listeners know that using confidence to connect, if you can be confident enough to be really vulnerable with someone, to communicate, to create a safe space that you occupy together, that is super hot. That's the foundation of a connection. And if you have a boner, that can definitely help you do certain things that you know that I love, just as long as you don't skip all the other stuff too. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. And as they say, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER. At checkout, you just pay $5 shipping. That is bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Lovers, we have a special treat. This is a bonus episode with Leah, who was on episode 20 originally. So if you want to go listen, episode 20, I think I broke my nose losing my virginity. These are Leah's sex stories updated. Leah, it's been four years almost since we originally recorded. What's going on in your sex life now? Wow. Thank you so much for asking. And also, I can't believe we just personally haven't caught up. 
<laughs> like largely since that. So it's like, this is all a surprise to you. Like yes. it's, man, I've been busy. So I talked on that episode about my promiscuity the last time I was single about 10 years ago. And now my husband and I have been together for about 10 years, uh, 10 years this year that since we started dating. Um, and I talked in that episode about how we were monogamish. We would have threesomes and have sex with other people, but always together. We had been to sex clubs a couple times. And so we actually have fully opened up our relationship since then. And so we are dating other people individually, mostly. And that has been <laughs> definitely, I mean, obviously, yeah, a huge journey um, and has evolved so much already. Um, we opened up June 2021. So okay. it's been and a half, like almost two years now. I've been running a TikTok for a few months about it at New to Non-Monogamy, and I'm working on writing a book about it just because I really screwed it up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just, yeah, want to talk about screwing it up and how that luckily got us into couples therapy and through us being in couples therapy. It's like we're way stronger than we ever were. Like I just have so many emotional habits and relationship habits that I wasn't aware of. Um, mm. So I've learned so much about myself. I've learned so much about him. We've both grown so much. I don't know. So that, those are the basics. Um, and I know I want to let you ask questions and stuff. And I, I could like talk forever about this. Yeah. Okay. My first question is like, how many details are on nude and non-monogamy so far? Like, is that where people can go to find like most current updates? And like, how personal are you being there? <laughs> Completely personal. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I've, yeah, I've talked about everything. I try to keep the identities of everybody we are dating a mystery as much as possible because I'm like not out to make anybody besides myself look bad. But um, for sure, for sure. I, I'm very grateful to my husband, Tim, for letting me yeah, be fully open about it because it is like the ways that I've messed up and the emotional parts about it that are difficult or surprising that I think are most interesting and that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about so far. Because yeah, I think so much of my impression of non-monogamy before we did this was that there could be an attitude of being above jealousy or that you, yeah, so you're somebody who that's just the way you're wired. You're not yeah. jealous. And that is neither of us for sure. Or that you've like evolved past it and you're more modern. Um, so it, it just can seem very separate from your experience if you aren't doing it pretty easily because now it's like oh man my my best friend is very monogamous and yeah. she was like you're full in the like dan savage questions realm of things now <laughs> so it's like i guess yeah it took like a year and a half to get there where it's like yeah wondering about holidays and how to divide stuff up we're not fully polyamorous or anything we're kind of in the beginning of being okay with something emotional developing more organically. But since we opened up, it was like romantic commitments are not on the table. And that was the source of most of the strife was I fell for somebody like immediately. It's hard to make rules about feelings. Like I've tried to do it. It, it is. I've, I've been there. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't know till we know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I've learned to, you know, like we kind of evolved new boundaries and just learned like, oh, if you kind of mitigate the amount of time you spend with people and that kind of stuff, um, because it, it was like still everything we were doing, nothing was causing issues except for the person I had really strong feelings for. So mm -hmm. it was like, we like being open. We're really enjoying this. It just, cause I, I kept looking for the concrete. Well, like, what am I doing wrong? And mm -hmm. I didn't even know 
how well my husband knew me of just like he could see it in how much I wanted to talk about that person, how much I enjoyed texting them, how I really wanted them to meet our friends. And yeah, I love talking about them, love talking to them. And that really hurt him just seeing me really like somebody else. It was really difficult for him. And so I think it's funny that even moving through the kind of more basic jealousy of like sex with other people and that kind of stuff. That was what was the most painful and what we had the most sorting through to do. Okay. So zooming out a little bit, as you look over the past four years, just at your sexual self. So this includes a pandemic. This includes, I don't know, like, has your identity as a sexual person changed? Have your preferences as a sexual person changed? Like, and I know you probably can't separate it from all the non-monogamy explorations, but like, can you give like a little overview snippet of just like how you've evolved sexually specifically? Thank you for asking because yeah, that stuff has changed so much too. I was just published in the LA Times about a week ago, two weeks ago now. Um, yeah, about coming to terms, like not in a negative way. I just like never thought I counted as bisexual before. And mm-hmm. so realizing that I count, that that's what this has been the whole time. So the last time I talked to you when we were having threesomes, it was primarily with women because mm-hmm. that's just like what both of us were the most comfortable with. And we found out since that exploring individually because I, I always thought of that as just like for fun. I was like, oh, I must be like heteroflexible and bi curious mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or whatever. But yeah, each of us have enjoyed exploring individually with the same gender and people nice. who are non-binary. And it is just different. I, I was like, oh, yeah, no, I want to date women kind of completely out of the realm of it being for the male gaze, which is like kind of always what it was before. Like threesome wise or what do you mean? Yeah, yeah, threesome-wise, where it's like, oh, I mean, all of us are a component of that. And so that was kind of, I don't know, I've done a lot of reflecting on, like, the stuff we grew up with, where it was a lot of, like, that and twins beer commercial has been in my head. I don't know if you remember that. It was, like, a Bud Light commercial or something like that. But it is just the emblematic to me of women being with women for the eyes of men was like used so commonly to like sell stuff and so that commercial was about how like but you know I love beer and football but the best thing in the world is a set of hot twins and so it's like yeah like that that was just on for our family (laughs) like constantly I don't know (laughs) anyway so growing up with that I was like yeah I don't know I definitely had my like cool girl phase in college too, where it was like, I love chugging beer. I want to, you know, sexually explore and like have threesomes and be promiscuous because that was like what I'd been told was cool for women to do. And it's tough to separate that out from my preferences. And I'm rambling and not answering your question, but it's all context. Yeah. Yeah. Realizing how much that stuff kind of affected me before, but all along there was a like, you know, growing up, I was like, yeah, I would like to date a woman someday. I'd just like to see how that would feel and try that. And realizing now that I've like kept trying to date women. And as we opened up, I've I've had a really hard time. It's just like tougher on dating apps. I was going to ask you about that. Like, I know that's a little veering off of sex, but I'm like, I just signed up for her and I am overwhelmed and still haven't met anyone. And then I'm like, do I need to pay for all of them? Do I need to, you know, and then I'm also... Maybe. (laughs) Discovering more stuff about my brain. And I'm like, oh, maybe apps just don't work for me. Do I need to go in in in-person kink event? You know, so. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, I love apps. I'm all over apps. But yeah, it just is. There are less women on them. I got into Bumble recently. I was like, okay, I'm going to commit to Bumble. And I just keep meeting 
men on there. Um, I was uh, recently advised to try Lex and was told that that's good. I haven't tried her. I got to do that. But I have had some experiences with women. And that's one of the things I wrote about in my essay for the times, but just realizing like that I keep trying to date them and still want to is like, oh, that's what that, you know, like the reason I like keep wanting to try is because I also found out it's very normal um, for any bi person or a pansexual person to prefer certain genders also. So it's like, again, mm-hmm. it, it isn't like, oh, you're not bi, not not bi. Yeah. It's that, um, I don't know, this is the way you are. So it's always been easier to go for straight guys instead. And just exploring more of that has been super fun. I have also like in a different way, um, just learned about more sex things that I like, learn more about my body. So. I think a big overall thing is I have learned that worrying about boring other people in bed uh, has like ruled my brain for so long. And instead of like rushing to orgasm or being like, this is how I orgasm and I can like make it happen and then getting really nervous about it happening and that kind of stuff and nervous about getting other people to orgasm and I don't know, really focusing on that, even though, you know, I feel like I've heard for so long that that's not the best way to enjoy sex. Yeah, but there's the discussion, there's the discourse, and then there's when I'm with a person and it feels like they're rushing me and I feel like the slowest thing in the world. So I just want to say that. Yeah, yeah. And include, yeah, it's like I want to place the blame on myself and like, Mm. because I spent so long being like, oh, no, like, don't worry about me or no, I don't I don't really like when people go down on me when Mm. it's like what I didn't like is worrying about my body and worrying about like the way I smelled or tasted and worrying about being able to orgasm from that. And I still don't come from people going down on me. But yet so far. Yeah, yeah, so far. Um, But uh, what I have learned is that uh, G-spot stimulation is just like so much more important to me than I realized. It's like, Mm. I, I don't know, I ignored hand stuff since it was like the only thing I did. And then once other things were on the table, it was like, why would I go back to hand stuff? And it was actually dating somebody with a penis who couldn't get hard until they were really like emotionally bonded with somebody which is something I have encountered so much more than I thought I would and I love that so much and it's very sweet yeah so it was a lot of hand stuff was involved with that person and then it was like oh my god (laughs) like this this is like one of my favorite things currently at this point in my life I do prefer it to mouth stuff but I had no idea and it just like helps to make everything so much better what sort of hand stuff is it like one finger is it multiple is it a lot and have you had hands mixed with mouths yet because that's my personal favorite if I'm getting a mouth I remembered you talking about that yeah and I I I always thought like oh no no I don't know I I don't need that that doesn't matter and it's like no it does make it way better and I am talking about fingers I haven't done (laughs) haven't done the whole hand yet I had not squirted before that experience with that person I didn't know I could do it And it was a surprise and I was like, what the fuck? But yeah, it came from like doing a lot of hand stuff because like with a specific person, other stuff wasn't as available. And it's just like a lot more exploring. And I'm like so happy I know that about myself now. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health. But if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, 
consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. What about some specifics related to lady lovers or vagina owning lovers? Like, they're so soft is the first thing I always say. <laughs> they are. No, and I, I still am afraid of, like, women who wear a lot of makeup or who are really good at makeup. I Like, mm. I, I am not. And I that always, like, intimidates me because I feel like, oh, no, you must look at me and know exactly how I, like, don't know or and I'm doing it wrong. And just, like, <laughs> getting it messed up during sex stuff. So it, the, the people I've been with have also been people who don't wear a ton of makeup. I don't know. Yeah, them being really soft and being <laughs> made up is, like, different. I've realized with all the threesomes in the past, I was really like rushing kind of like I talked about before just really wanting to like be a vibrator go hard go fast like mm-hmm. in there and I again just from like exploring more people I think I've realized and and learning that like with myself it's best to go slow and slow down and take my time and really pay attention to like what I'm feeling when I'm feeling you know like only moving forward when you're really like really strongly wanting it rather than like trying to skip steps if that makes sense yeah how do you tell when you really strongly want it for you like what does it feel like I guess it's difficult to describe other than that yeah because I always I think I was like (laughs) taking steps forward in the past because I was like I thought that I should or that like that's the way things go rather (laughs) than really paying attention to whether my body wanted to. And that's like a big learning experience for me in general is just like, I've spent so much of my life and like was raised in a household that was all about like discipline and it's a virtue to not need or want things and whatever. So denying yourself as a woman in bed, which like, again, I think is something we were encouraged to do and to know that women's bodies are gross and funny and whatever and difficult to figure out. So it was like, oh no, I just like want to make it as easy on my partners as possible. So yeah, like rushing through things and like I had the desire to do it. And then in the moment, it was just like kind of pushing myself through things because mm. it was like, I wanted this rather than, yeah, being in the moment and paying attention to my body. It was all like cerebral. That's something I learned from couples therapy as well. When we talked about like, why do you enjoy giving each other pleasure? And my husband was like, I love 
the way you react and the look on your face and what your body does and stuff. And I was like, I just think of it as like, I'm giving you pleasure because I want to give you pleasure. Like, it's like all coming from my brain Mm. instead of like reacting in the moment and being like, because you deserve it and I love you. And that's why instead of like really like paying attention to what's going on. So I just... Yeah, I enjoy myself and I think I enjoy other partners and I'm able to be there for other partners and my husband in ways that I think I was like rushing through before. When I talk about stuff I've learned, he's always like, you make it sound like things were so awful. And it's like, they weren't. And I I had plenty of moments where I would like lose myself because it was so great. And like, we've always been nuts about each other. But I do think that this is just something that I've learned was my like go-to default setting that I didn't even know I was doing. I can relate to so much of that. And also... Oh, good. Yeah, I mean, like, I think the stuff that is unconscious, we don't know if it's unconscious until we know. Like, we don't know there's another way or another option available until we do or until we decide we want something different. And sometimes it can feel so big and different. Oh, I'm trying to... There's a lot of follow-up questions I could ask you. (laughs) You're going to have to join us on a live stream. Yeah. I also... I'm so sorry. I don't want to interrupt your train of thought. But just in case it wasn't clear earlier, because you asked me about, like, lady lovers and how I'm doing with vaginas. And then I talked about myself a lot. And basically, just I've learned that the way I was rushing myself, I can now not do that for my partners. Great. Well, that's part of the direction I want to go. I want to hear how are you most enjoying giving to and receiving from other partners? And how much do you talk about it before, during, and after? That is a really great question. And we never talk about it as much as we should. Well, well what's a should mean? <laughs> well, because I was like, oh, we don't talk about it very much at all. So it's like, oh, I know. I feel like the right answer is that we should but more. <laughs> not everyone needs to, is what I've discovered. Yeah. And when I hear myself should lately, I've done the Louise Hay thing of like replacing it with a could. And then that helps me check in to be like, oh, I could. Yeah. Why am I not? Why am I choosing not to consciously or unconsciously? So like, you know, you don't necessarily need to if you're having a great time and getting all your needs met. And so I'm just curious because everyone has a complete like I'm a person that needs a fuck ton of communication. And part of that is because I just figured out that I'm autistic, you know, and so I'm like, oh, and I kind of like knew it for a while, but I didn't, you know, you don't know the details till you know. So Maybe you want to communicate more, but maybe you don't need to. But tell us, tell us your details. Yeah, thank you. Well, because uh, the first thing my mind goes to is I definitely, I don't know if this is like a given with every open person, but I've definitely gotten more kinky than I used to be. I have my like spiel kind of when people are like, what are you into with that? It's like that I list everything I like and that I prefer, you know, a lot of affection and attentiveness and positivity and praise. And so that is, I guess, like what I love in people in general, too. But I I wonder if that's something I just I'm kind of like looking for in them rather than saying that I want unless we're explicitly talking about kinky things. When do you explicitly talk about kinky things? And like, what else, what other kinks, if you didn't? In the apps. Yeah. <laughs> Just over message. Yeah. Usually it'll come up if they do. Or if the conversation is kind of slow and I'm like, okay, I feel like you have a more fun sexual side that like you're afraid to bring up or maybe you just haven't yet or maybe you're not like that and I want to know and see how you react but then I'll like ask if they're okay. kinky. <laughs> do you put kinky stuff in your profile or do you just talk about it in conversation? I don't. Okay. I don't and a lot of people do. My favorite dating app is Field. F-E-E-L-D. I like that it's more open relationship focused and kink focused so people are just generally more upfront. Have you been on Bloom at all? 
No, but uh, my husband is on it because he got on there because of the events and stuff. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go to like meetups. You don't have to. It's just I think they're trying to make FetLife meet field. They have a different like swiping algorithm too. Like you're only allowed a few things a day. I tried to get on FetLife. I was so confused. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't understand. I'm working on that. Well, and I do want to talk about, yeah, communicating with people. I have gotten more used to usually when we're making out and clothes are coming off, I'll ask people if it hasn't been explicitly covered already, what do you like? It's such a good thing to ask anybody. And I think with all of those messages we got growing up about women, I realized one that in addition to the whole like men are horny all the time for anybody constantly, which is totally false and was hurtful to men and women growing up when it's like, I was like, what's wrong with me that you don't want to with me? Cause like, that's what we've heard. Anyway, that one drives me nuts. But um, also just the idea, every penis wants the same thing. And they're so simple is like, I mean, part of that is, is totally justified. Like I get why that's the popular thing to say, but also there's definitely more nuance in there and more things that people prefer and things about the other parts of their body that they might prefer. And it's not easy for penis owners. I think that's one of the most harmful things about that narrative is like, then I have penis owning partners who are like, but I won't stay hard all the time. And I'm like, great. I like to watch a penis get hard. And also like, I don't need you to fuck me for five hours as long as you, I mean, if you want to have a five hour session, you're probably not going to stay hard and like be going in and out all the time. My vagina can't handle that. And also like, can you touch me in other ways? Could you maybe use your creativity? I don't know. It's almost like making that narrative so simple removes the option delight or makes it feel like it's a consolation prize instead of I'm like no that's that's what we're saying like don't just do obligatory foreplay so yeah yeah absolutely so yeah I love asking everybody that question um usually when things are getting sexy and I think (laughs) I just really enjoy people who love sex and take it really seriously because sometimes men are kind of like a little baffled or people with penises can be a little baffled by that question but most of the people I am ending up with (laughs) through the process of like these apps and talking about myself and whatever they love to answer and love to talk about it and maybe that's a generalization too because I was like yeah maybe like slutty open people will answer it more freely but also maybe more men know that about themselves too and might just appreciative of being asked it depends sometimes I scare people away by asking and so you know so it, it sounds also like maybe you're filtering well for exactly what you want to attract which like I deserves think credit. so yeah it is difficult it's a lot of you know, rejection, a lot of swiping, a lot of, you know, I'll like instigate conversations all the time. So it's a lot of not getting the response back. I'll ask people out all the time. If you're the one doing that and going out there and filtering, it's like, then you're filtering and it does a lot more rejection and stuff. But yeah, it's been really fun. Okay. So to wrap up, tell us one or two new things you've tried that like blew your mind or were just like, oh, wow. Like it could be a specific kink or a specific moment, like a specific story with a partner. And then I want to hear your hopes for the future. I went to this kinky event that promised to be a very woman focused, like lady dom run event. And then it was so dude heavy and really just, yeah, sparse and weird. And (laughs) my friend and I got there right when it started and all the lights were still on and people were hurrying around setting stuff up and nobody acknowledged us. And we like sat in the corner and drank for like an hour. And it it was just like not super well run. But... (laughs) 
So I was like, oh, I am determined to like have a good experience out of this. And so like when the Dom was doing demonstrations, I was like, can I get up and do this? And like that, that was extremely fun. This is another tangent with kinky stuff in general. Somebody said once like on TikTok or something, they were like, are you a switch or are you just such a sub that you will dom if somebody wants you to? And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no, <laughs> like how embarrassing that is me. Why is it embarrassing? I think it's great. Because I guess I feel shame about being a sub. Really? Oh, I'm I'm a total service switch. And I'm now like acquiring all of my like dominatrix skills. And I want to do t- like all of these things that Amazing. put me in the position of power, which is not my favorite. But because my personal life has been so full of bumps and because I am by default in a teaching mode just because my special interest is sex. So I just keep learning. I'm like, all right, well, if that's how I need to get my service needs met, then I will be in charge. And it's fine, you know. I love that. I love that so much. That's amazing. Yeah, I I do. I do need to embrace both sides of that more. I don't know. But obviously, as anybody in kinky stuff knows, like the ways you surprise yourself with your shame is like a big part of it. I was just going to say, yeah, because maybe part of the kink is like feeling terrible. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you're ever like, could I do that? Would I do that? I recommend it. I had a great time. Wait, but so like what was getting done to you? (laughs) Right. Okay. So I was spanked. With what? It's hard to see. It was implements and one, because she was like, I'm going to do harder and harder stuff. And then like she gave me a signal. I think it was raise a hand because it was loud in there. It was like the way to have it stop. And I just am so like, I want to show off that I can like take it. And that's like a big thing for me and so I'm like oh I don't I don't want to like say that I need you to stop and she got up to like this metal paddle thing that had like a heart in it um, and it stung a lot she seemed impressed at the end which is like her job but I yeah I was like I, I made it all the way to that to that metal <laughs> thing. that was a blast I loved it I have discovered that I really love bi and gender queer people who are AMAB and like grew up being socialized as men but embrace a more feminine or more androgynous part of themselves mm-hmm. is a huge turn on to me. And I was in theater in high school and I think uh, had a, a crush on a couple different guys who turned out to be gay and so then forever I was like, oh, I need to only go for like super obviously straight masculine dudes and just kind of like, yeah, wouldn't allow myself or whatever. But just again, like through exploring with more people, it's been like, oh no, there are genderqueer people who are super into me and their femininity really turns me on. I just like respect and I'm so impressed by, in addition to it being hot, somebody who is willing to explore their gender. And so it's, yeah, it's a giant turn on for me. And I've encouraged and my husband like to whatever degree he's interested in or feels comfortable but I just I wish more men felt like they had permission to do that and I love it (laughs) hot amazing Um, yeah (laughs) thank you um okay and uh hopes for the future I mean honestly I hope that we get to do this forever I mean our marriage is the priority and I know in polyamory especially the polyamory parts of the internet at least hierarchical polyamory can be a dirty word and people talk about how it's unfair to your other partners and it's I have an alternate viewpoint which I would like to share from my own personal experience anytime I have gone out with someone who's like oh I'm non-hierarchical it's more painful to me because in fact they have an unconscious hierarchy 
there always is a priority. If both people happen to get hurt and go to hospitals at the exact same time on opposite sides of town, because currently we exist in one place in time and space as we humans can perceive it, you have to pick one. You can only go to one family's house for a holiday. Like, there always is a choice to be made. And equality doesn't necessarily, like, look... Like, there can be different ways to get needs met. And I think the more honest people are about priorities... Like, maybe the word hierarchy is yucky to people. But it's like, let's be honest with each other about our priorities as they shift and change. But I've noticed that most people, especially neurotypicals, cannot honestly say, like, hey, babe, I actually really want to do this more than that, you know? And so it's like, I've been on the terrible but receiving end of people who are like, no, 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 I'm non-hierarchical. And like, you know, and then they'll be like, well, I don't know you that well. Well, I'm still getting, well, I really like you, but you're not important enough to me to do X, Y, Z. And I'm like, okay, well, your communication sucks, so bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I also could totally see, you know, douchebags who would treat people terribly in any relationship structure, right, um, right, right. co-opting that language and just, yeah, continuing to oh, be rude to true. people. But yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do, I believe in it in theory, and I know it's not for us at this point in time. And so it's like, I don't want to make people mad or anything, but I will like, so we always are honest that that's our situation. Yeah. That's our priority. And we're open to romance and emotional connection if it develops organically and again that's pretty new but also like tam has been seeing i think three people now for over a year each like july was his first year anniversary with somebody and it was like what that's crazy um and i don't know so it just it's been a conversation that has come up i think as we've spent more time with people I also think it makes more sense to have a deeper level of commitment to someone who you have built trust with like the amount of trust that I can build with someone over the course of six months is very different from the amount of trust I can build over the course of 10 years. It's just different. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I definitely, I believe in if you are a couple who's like prioritizing your relationship over the new ones, and you know that you're doing that and you're telling people that you're doing that, just being aware of why people talk about why there's a couple privilege and that kind of stuff. And just being aware of the difference in a power dynamic, especially yeah. if you're trying to have like full relationships with people, just knowing, totally. yeah, this sucks for that other person who isn't my longest term partner. That's difficult for them and help them through that. And I would like to hear like, do you have a specific bucket list item or something you want to cross off just sometime in the next year or so? It's like your next like, mm, yum, I really want to try this. Yeah, I do. And I get it's all on the table already. So I will say, well, ever since me and my husband, like before we opened up, had a threesome with another man, I was like, oh, my God, I love this. And he was like, not. He was like, oh, yeah, I think I'm more like you. I'm more heteroflexible. And again, so as we've learned, those things are different when you're one on one dating rather than like, oh, your long term partner is there and is a component as well. So he he prefers to interact with men solo. But for me, I loved it and I've wanted to be able to do it again ever since it happened. And since it's so complicated for him, yeah, it for a long time it was like with jealousy and stuff. The idea of doing group stuff without each other was always kind of a like, uh, not sure if we feel totally comfortable yet. But mm. it was a few months ago that he he finally gave me the green light, his blessing. Some people are also like, oh, that's like a negative thing if you have rules for your partner but he was honest with me about not being comfortable with it and he became comfortable with the idea a few months ago 
And so I was like, oh my God, yes, like I got to make it happen. And then it's been so difficult to organize. It's like very tough. Yeah. When like two other people who have to like be into the same things, be into each other, into the idea of being around each other. And I prefer that it's somebody who I have already been with one-on-one rather than just like everybody showing up and meeting on the day. So that it's been so much more surprisingly difficult than I totally can relate organized that's oh my god I love that um yeah so that's that's definitely my bucket list thing okay I have to ask a follow-up question to that though like what would you want to do in it like a spit roast like Eiffel Tower situation like or, no I think you need three people for that but like DP like what or is it just the whole oh having no a- I've done you know I've <laughs> I've uh I've done all of those things with mostly with a female partner with like a toy oh yeah, yeah I think yeah. we were with a woman who was like I really want to do the Eiffel Tower is that okay and then she like my husband high-fived over Amazing. Um, but would like to do all of it all of it is on the table i would love a dynamic where they are both just like into me i am seeing guys who are bi and it's like you know they prefer to be with other guys who are bi and it's like okay but like i want to be <laughs> want it to be about me if possible and that's just like the fantasy of it you know and we'll see i want everybody yeah. to enjoy themselves obviously but like, yeah, yeah 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 that's the fantasy of it fuck yeah leah Thank you for sharing your sex story (laughs) updates with us. I am so happy to hear from you. I hope you come back and share more as you have them, especially if you get, you know, this threesome of your dreams or whatever else comes up. 